0: Shabbat Shalom shalom. Every year at our Pesach Seder There's one part of the Haggadah that hits me in the kishkas It's not the Matzah, it's it's the words It's the Vahisha Amda That part of the Haggadah says it is not only one person or nation that has stood against us to destroy us. But rather, vador. in each generation, they stand against us to destroy us. But the Holy One, blessed be God, rescues us from their hand. There's another shorter version. They tried to kill us. We won. Let's eat. <laughs> we have known this story for a very long time. The scourge of anti-Semitism has been a reality for the Jewish people from our very beginnings, set apart and enslaved by Pharaoh in Egypt. But Bechol Dor Vador, in every generation, that experience has not been the same. Some Jews have lived in times of peace and prosperity, of welcome and acceptance. And others have lived under times of unfathomable terror, of pogroms and blood libels, of expulsion and genocide. I think I speak for many of my own generation of North American Jews when I say that facing the terror of violent anti-Semitism has occurred in Pittsburgh is not something I ever anticipated having to confront. We have been blessed as a generation of Jews to have felt among the most secure in our history, to live in freedom from violence and fear. I don't even really remember when I first became aware of anti-Semitism. I think it was probably in the context of learning about the Shoah, or perhaps stories of my grandparents, and the discrimination they faced in the 30s and 40s in the US. But I always felt like progress hadn't been made and that Jews you were very safe here in Canada and the US. Feeling the disillusion of that bubble is profoundly sad. No matter how naive you might tell me it was to think that Jews could live in the world without fear of anti-Semitism, it was my reality, and now it is not. And for the puncture of this bubble of security, we mourn. Yet at the same time, I, and I know many of us have said, we're not really surprised by what happened in Pittsburgh at the Tree of Life Synagogue. We know that anti-Semitic rhetoric on the internet is rising to terrifying levels. Conspiracy, Conspiracy theories about Jews have always been around. But in past decades, they were smothered in the dark corners of society. Now, they have been given oxygen and are festering around the world words like globalist that are used as political ammunition, as code for Jew, are used with impunity. Anti-Semitism is the canary in the coal mine of many other forms of hatred and it has flown out for all of us to see. My husband Greg and I had to sit down with our seven and nine-year-old on Saturday night to tell them what happened. They have always known that being Jewish makes them different, but to tell them that it means that they are hated was a heartbreaking experience. To think that their experience of anti-Semitism is not of past history but of today, what does that say? We are here today with the difficult feelings of sadness and fear and anger in our hearts. But it is also Shabbat. And on Shabbat, we are required to put aside our mourning and embrace the blessing of this moment share a taste in the world that we know can be better than the darkness we have witnessed. So we must balance the need to mourn with the obligation to hope. Where do we find it? Many places and I want to share this morning three places where I find hope. First I find hope in our broad and diverse community. How many of you were at the JCC on Sunday for the community gathering? If you were there, you saw the overflow crowd that filled up the building. Nearly 1000 people gathered with just a few hours notice. I saw young Muslim teens who were there holding signs of support. I saw Tony McAleer, the former white supremacist who spoke at our congregation, not this past but two years ago on Slichot, about his work to pull people away from hateful ideologies. Our congregation has received scores of letters, emails, and voicemails of support from our neighbors. We Jews do not stand isolated nor turned away by the rest of society. We are not alone. And for this, I feel great hope. Second, I find comfort in the presence of law enforcement. I was consoled by the footage of police officers rushing into the synagogue last Shabbat to save Jews. This is the opposite experience of much of historical violent anti-Semitism in which authorities looked the other way, or worse, were the perpetrators of violence against Jews. And I want to offer a special thanks, to echo Jeff, to the VPD and RCMP for their support of our synagogues and local Jewish institutions this week and over the years. Third, I take tremendous solace in the resiliency of our people. To know that as old and persistent as anti-Semitism is in the history of the world, we are still here, Am Yisrael Chai, the Jewish people lives. Generations of our ancestors, even many people here today in this sanctuary, have stayed loyal in their faith and identity as Jews when faced with hatred and persecution. Their steadfastness has enabled us to be here today. Just as they did for us, we must do the same for future generations of Jews. The best possible response we can give to antisemitism is by living meaningful Jewish lives of purpose. By just showing up here today, and it is a tremendous sight to see this sanctuary so full. By taking your place within community, within the walls of a synagogue, you are doing exactly that. A synagogue is known by three different names, reflecting three different purposes of our existence. We are a Beit Tefillah, We pray. A practice of prayer can ground us when the world around us seems spinning too fast. I encourage you to let the words of our tefillah wash over you. You don't have to know Hebrew to feel the power of the words and the connections that it provides us to link with Jews of different generations and places. We know that the Jews of Pittsburgh and Jerusalem and Buenos Aires and Melbourne and Montreal are all sharing in this experience of Shabbat today. Prayer links us through time and space. It is our eternal quest to link with the sacred one of life. Synagogue is a Beit Knesset, a place of gathering. We are not alone in our grief or fears. And we are most definitely not alone in our hope and commitment to create a world of love, compassion, freedom, and peace. I encourage you to find community, to be together. If you have been feeling disconnected for whatever reason from Jewish community, find your way back in. We need you, and you need us. I received this email a few days ago from a young woman. She wrote, I'm looking to reconnect with the community. I grew up in Argentina where the community and traditions were a big part of my life. After moving to Canada 17 years ago while I was still a teenager, we distanced ourselves from this. I've always told myself I would at some point look for a way back in. The sad news from the weekend has made me realize how important this is. I am looking for a way to reconnect and perhaps volunteer if there are opportunities. A synagogue is a Beit Midrash where we study. Our sacred texts provide a bottomless well of inspiration and relevance to our lives. When we don't know where to turn, sometimes the right text can lead us down a path of insight and comfort. As our Torah portion, the Shabbat of Chayesarah, Sarah begins and ends with death and mourning, We note that the description of Sarah's life ending, as Rabbi Dan said, at 127 years, that the description of Abraham's mourning is quite powerful. Abraham came to mourn Sarah and to cry for her. In the Torah scroll, the letter of Kaf, It looks like a backward C. In that final word of the verse, is smaller than the other letters in the word. In every Torah, everywhere in the world. It is known as an ancient scribal tradition, but the exact reason remains a mystery. Perhaps one explanation is that the small cuff in that word that he cried for her signifies that Abraham was bereft and diminished upon losing Sarah. This week, all of us are bereft and diminished. We feel that aching void as the Jewish people is diminished by the deaths of all of those 11 souls in Pittsburgh. And the parasha ends with the death of Abraham at 175. His last breaths are described with tender love. Abraham breathed his last, dying at a good, ripe age, old and contented. A good, ripe age. It's what we pray every person should be able to reach at the end of their days. Far too many lives we know are cut short by sickness and tragedy. But to be cut down by such a senseless act as being murdered while praying in shul, it's too much. Our tradition has language to describe how these 11 Jews were killed. Al-Kiddush Hashem. Often translated as martyrdom, but literally in the sanctification of God's name. The opposite of Kiddush Hashem is Chilul Hashem, a desecration of God's name. Hatred, violence, dehumanization, all of these are a Chilul Hashem. And we have seen so much of this in recent years. Every senseless act of violence and hatred, every shooting, every racist leaflet, every anonymous slur online, They chip away at the sacred within our world. But the most important means of sanctifying God's name, the most important way of doing Kiddush Hashem, takes place not under duress, but in the course of everyday living. A person who is seen by all to behave in an exemplary moral and ethical manner brings great credit to God's name can think of many examples of Kidush Kiddush Hashem we've seen in recent days. The members of the Hever Kadisha, the burial society in Pittsburgh, who have been doing un- unbelievable work to give dignity to the dead, to stand in the sacred presence of the bodies and act as Shomrim, so that they do not leave them alone before burial. We saw a kiddush Hashem from Wasi Mohammed, the young executive director of the Islamic Center of Pittsburgh, who stood up and said, if what you need is people outside your next service protecting you, let us know. We'll be there. The people of all religions and backgrounds who stood in solidarity at rallies and services like these to be present and let us know we are not alone, To those of you here this morning from the broader Lower Mainland, I cannot tell you how affirming your presence is to us. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Your presence sanctifies the holy in the world. We learn from the study of our Torah how to act in the world, Talmud Torah Keneged Kulam, as we chanted earlier in the morning liturgy, the study of Torah is of utmost importance because it teaches us how to do the sacred acts that bring holiness to the world. To visit the sick, to console the bereaved, to make peace among people. To engage in these acts is to bring sanctity into the profane, to bring light into the darkness, to reach toward the holy that we might all dwell together with a commitment to the value the life of each and every human being. Anchor yourselves in something holy and lasting. Find your place in community. Seek the divine through prayer and deepen your knowledge of our sacred wisdom. To do this will not only sanctify the name of God, but the names of all whose lives were cut short. May their memories always be a blessing. Amen.